Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. How disrespectful. As bad as Bill Belichick has been, and it's been very bad, how disrespectful would it be to fire this man, the man that has helped engineer the greatest franchise in NFL history, the greatest dynasty in all of sports. You're going to fire this man midseason and not give him the respect of letting him finish this thing out, going out on his shield, and going out with some dignity. I can't see the crafts doing that. It's just That would be just complete disrespect. And another thing is, too, you might put yourself in a situation where if you disrespect Belichick, would he even want to come back for a Hall of Fame induction down the line that we know is coming? You know, I, Tommy Curran had brought it up. If the team names the stadium after him, or if they name a statue or something, whatever, after Bill Belichick, would he come back? I wouldn't. If you disrespect me like that after I help lead you guys to, to six Super Bowls. So it's just the disrespect and just the situation, the circumstances, I just I don't see them doing that. Hey, everybody, and welcome into the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as always by my good friend, Jordy McElroy. Jordy is the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Jordy, how you doing this week, my friend? I'm doing great, my man. Just got back from Vegas. You know, had a fun trip out there. Never been before. It was crazy, man. The lights and just everything, just the glitz and glamour of it all. Real fun week. And obviously, I had to cover that Washington Commanders game on that Sunday, which, which was kind of a bummer. You know, then I got to go out and enjoy some more Vegas. So I'm doing great, my man. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I want to hear more about Vegas. Actually, I, I like Vegas more than I like the Patriots right now. Um, so you are you're so dedicated to your craft, Jordy, that you were in Vegas with your brother and your friends, right? Your good friends from home. And yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're all, out there. Three, but, it was three of us. OK, it was three of you. <laughs> but you still covered the Patriots commanders game. While in Vegas, that's dedication, my friend. That is dedication. This is why people need to be. They need. This is why people follow you. This is why people read your stuff. It's the dedication, my friend. That is impressive because I would be like, no, somebody else covered this freaking game. I'm in Vegas, and the Patriots are going to lose to the Commanders anyway. <laughs> I mean, Ron, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. You know, you I just yeah. I, I I enjoy seeing the Patriots get their asses embarrassed <laughs> at home by the freaking Washington Commanders. I mean, how do we even fall this low? Can, can you just, I mean, you just think back to all the Tom Brady era and just just the years and years of success, and here we are at Gillette Stadium, which is supposed to be just this, this stronghold for the Patriots and to have the Washington Commanders come in with Sam Howell kicking the door and hand the Patriots their asses on a silver platter. Not a good day. No, oh, especially after they traded their two best defensive players a couple of days earlier, right? It was just, yeah, but I mean, we've said this before, the the Patriots home field advantage is now a myth. It just hasn't been that way for a long time, probably since a certain quarterback left for Tampa Bay. Um, it, 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 Foxborough has just not been a scary place to play since then, and that's just the reality we live in. You're right. It's rock bottom territory now for Bill Belichick. Uh all these crazy stories here circulating following this game, Jordy, about 
the locker room, where Bill is at, his message, it just feels like it's gone real stale with this new crop of players, these younger guys. The message that was getting through to guys like, I mean, oh, not even guys, grown men like Vrabel and Richard Seymour and Teddy Bruschi and Willie McGinnis, Ty Law, guys like that. I, I don't think the message is really being heard by this newer generation. We've, we've got Jack Jones and JC Jackson getting benched for quote unquote performance issues, according to J- uh, Jeff Howe of The Athletic, uh, where we have Sean Wade starting. Um, so he barely has played in the recent weeks, and but he's out there starting opposite Jonathan Jones instead of Jack Jones and JC Jackson. Then we got. What do you think about this, Jordy? Jack Jones, like he declines to speak to reporters. Actually, so J.C. Jackson and Jack Jones both aren't present or not talking after the game when you know reporters want them to answer. Why weren't you out there in the first quarter? And Jack Jones isn't even in the locker room, but he does like a tweet quote: "Yo, President Jack," which is his Twitter handle. "Yo, President Jack, you really should have just pleaded guilty at this point." <laughs> and Jack Jones <laughs> likes that tweet both kind of making light of his arrest uh, for carrying a bag with loaded firearms, <clears throat> allegedly, through Logan Airport, Jordy, and then kind of comparing Foxborough to prison makes me think of that Prison Mike episode of The Office a little bit. Like, what do you think of that one? I mean, uh, maybe he has a point. I mean, Ron, here they are sitting in, sit, sitting in freaking two and eight. I mean, it's just, <laughs> sorry, two and seven. It's just, it's an embarrassing, an embarrassing run for the Patriots right now. I don't know, Ron. It's just that, that locker room's a mess. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing. When when you're winning football games, this kind of stuff doesn't really happen, right? You know, the Patriots, they'd been winning for so long. Who's going to challenge Bill Belichick when the Patriots were perennial Super Bowl contenders, when they're going back every single year almost, always competing in the playoffs? But now, when you start losing football games and, you know, your, your legacy isn't matching up right now and – your players start to buck a little bit. They start to maybe challenge challenge your authority a little bit because they look around and they see things aren't happening the way that they should be right now. You're a losing franchise, and you just got your butts kicked by the Washington Commanders, and the sky is falling in New England. Belichick could be on the way out. The players know this. They know what's going on. So it's just not a good situation all around right now. And obviously, obviously Jack Jones and J.C. Jackson, they're not making the situation any better. And here's – Here's something else I want to kind of throw out there. When when we're talking about potentially rebuilding this football team and getting some new coaches in there, look, man, at the end of the day, I want the right type of talent in my locker room as well. You know, and I'm not trying to call Jack Jones or JC Jackson out to some degree because those those two guys I feel like are really good football players. But there's just there's been a lot of stuff around Jones. You had the situation with him allegedly bucking to Belichick before the end of the season they got they got him put they got him put out for a while and then then you had the airport situation and now you have this situation and this is a guy it's only been in a year it's only a second year in the league so it's like what are we doing here and then obviously JC Jackson you know things didn't go right with him in 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 Los Angeles with some of the same stuff coming out about him in the locker room it's just whoever's rebuilding this thing I hope they really take to heart the type of players you have on your team. I want guys like Christian Gonzalez and Marcus Jones on my team and Jonathan Jones. Those are the type of cornerbacks I want playing for me. So that's another thing that, that, that might need to get taken into consideration when we're talking about the future of this once great, now fallen franchise. Yeah, I think the talent is something we have to really hone in on. And another one is Tyquan Thornton. 
I was begging for more Taekwon last week, Jordy. He was inactive. I said, why? We invested too much of this player. We have to just, and we're not going anywhere anyway. So get him on the field. Let's see what we got. And I think we saw what we got. He screwed up a route. And I don't know if that got him benched or whatever, but he looked horrible on a certain on a route early in the game. Obviously, we've all seen the the video now. If you haven't, just type in <laughs> Taekwon Thornton into social media, and you'll probably find it pretty quick. Uh, and they did he get benched or are they just done with him, Jordy? Because he didn't see another snap. Was it twelve total snaps? He was out of the game after the first quarter, pretty yeah. much. So Taekwon Thornton, uh, as the Chargers said, uh, as a, what was it? The tar- Chargers GM said to the team after they traded J.C. Jackson, swing and a miss. It feels like a swing and a miss with Tyquan Thornton. We have a- another interesting story when, in terms of the locker room and this, this, kind of, this team kind of imploding from within for Belichick. Again, that message going stale, him not getting through to these guys, him having a hard time. Kayshawn Booty, uh, so we talked about him last week. He talked to the media, Jordy, said that Basically, it had been seven weeks and he was ready to have his number called this week. Like He made it sound to the media that he was going to play. He had been inactive since week one. And you know, I'm sure he got in trouble for putting the words free me on the Instagram story a couple weeks ago and then <laughs> deleting it. You can, you can post that and delete it, Jordy, but that is going to live in, for eternity and every news outlet's going to pick that thing up, right? It's, it's amazing. You can put free me in an Instagram story for 30 seconds. And that'll be everywhere in the matter of minutes. That is the world we live in now. Kayshawn Booty, you cannot put free me on your Instagram story. So is he still in trouble for that? Did he say, did he break a rule? Did he do something later in the week? Because Billy O'Brien was talking up Kayshawn, Kayshawn Booty. He was talking himself up, Jordy. And Belichick was talking him up saying he, what, he was having his best week of practice or something. And yeah. then he's inactive for Jalen Rieger. <laughs> it's like, What? <laughs> Jalen Rieger. So they bench Tyquan Thornton after the first quarter. Jalen Rieger's out there. He can't get it done. You got Juju Smith-Schuster and Pop Douglas. Fine. And Mike Gusecki, who's your quote-unquote fifth receiver, but they're not even targeting him. He's not even part of the game plan. So, I mean, this is such a mess on offense. It's not even funny. But the Kayshawn Booty thing is another, like, he was supposed to be active for this game. We were supposed to see, same thing with Tyquan. We talked about it last week. Let's get the young guys out there and see what we got. Why is Kayshawn Booty inactive again for Jalen Rieger? What do you think about that, Jordy? You know, I was just I was so annoyed by this. Yeah, I was annoyed, too. I mean, at this point, hell, you would think that they would just put Booty out there and just give him an opportunity to run some routes and make some plays. But the guy can't get on the field. He hasn't been on the field since week one of the regular season. Um, it's just another one of those things, man, where you just you don't know what the Patriots are doing right now. It just feels like they're just throwing darts at the board and hoping something hoping they hit the bullseye somewhere but but I mean obviously Booty's not getting a chance that you, you got Tyquan Thornton out there who was a huge miss for the Patriots I think we're far enough in his career to to see that the Patriots they missed on this one this was another one another swing and a miss for them in the draft or should I say basically for Belichick in the draft but I mean 12 snaps he's out and then obviously Jalen Rager with with hands of stone there, wide open, <laughs> can't even catch a freaking pass a ball. from Mac Jones. Crazy. I mean, so frustrating. And, and yes, I was in my Vegas hotel room, by the way, screaming at my laptop when that play <laughs> happened. It was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you, you see it time and time again. The Patriots, they need some help at receiver. But this is what happens, Ryan, when you go bargain bin shopping at, at a position of need. But Kayshawn Booty is a player that I would have liked to have seen out there a little bit more. And – 
I don't know if it's because of I don't know if it's because of that 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 tweet or whatever. I don't know if if, if that's it or or if Bill Belichick is actually watching him on the field and he's evaluating him and he doesn't think he's as good as Tyquan Thornton and Jalen Rager. If that's the issue, then it's even then it's an even bigger problem than the one we're talking about right now. If he can't get on the field with those guys, it's not good at all. But at the, at the end of the day, Belichick is the one that constructed this roster, and it's just not doing well right now. You know, Troy Brown, the Patriots wide receivers coach, he actually he took some of the blame for all of this, is saying that, you know, he wishes he needs to do better in helping these receivers, you know, get out there and do their jobs and, and, and play better. But at the same time, man, I mean, you look at the talent, it's just not there. So, I mean, I don't, I don't care if you're the greatest wide receivers coach in the world. I don't know what you can get out of these guys that can make them better. Now, obviously, that that Tyquan Thornton route was pretty pathetic. I'm sorry, it was it was bad, bad. So you know that, that's that's something that maybe Troy Brown can look at and be like, "Hey, guys, you know we can get the fundamentals right and get better here." This team's a mess right now. The receiving core is a mess. The offensive line is still a mess. And, you know, they're playing musical chairs. It seems like every week it's like, you know, they're just plugging guys in, which is something they can't help do the injury and then, you know, some of the bad personnel decisions right now. But it's just you look around, man, and it's just there's no hope right now. There's nothing there that makes you scream like there's a chance for anything to go right for this football team. No, I agree with that. I think Troy Brown, it's fair to bring him up. I mean, one of my favorite players growing up watching this team, Jordy, he was just an amazing route runner, smooth as hell. And you got Tyquan Thornton doing whatever that. Well, I forget. I've heard some funny, uh, some funny one-liners on what that was, but doing like a <laughs> tap dance or something at the top of his route, whatever, whatever people want to say, twinkle toes, like whatever. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, Troy Brown's a fair one to bring up. He's just not doing a good job with the receivers. Um, it's just that's just black and white, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it does. It feels like it's imploding. Guys are speaking out, getting benched, tweeting posting on Instagram, whatever, whatever we do nowadays. Um, you have to believe some of the stuff that's going on is like disciplinary. Belichick's just doing his thing, like doing what he always does, but it just doesn't feel like it's going, getting through. The Pats are two and seven. They're one of the five worst teams in the NFL. That's just where we're, where we're at. And I, I liked what, uh, what Tommy Curran wrote. It's just like, can Bill and Kraft just keep this thing afloat for nine more weeks, right? Can they just keep this thing, Jordy, from becoming a complete and utter just bleep storm with infighting and all the drama and everything just getting you know the big espn long stories all that crap you know what i mean like can they just keep it together and keep this thing serviceable and halfway respectable we all know where this season's going can they just get through the next nine weeks because that's the story right now and it comes on the heels of this boston globe whopper by ben volan which yeah i don't know you know ben volan's got a reputation i don't know ben maybe you do jordy do you know ben volan I don't know him personally. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got the nickname Trollin Volan, right? So there's that. You never know with, with Ben Volan. I, this was a, probably a column, right? But he wrote this big whopper on the Sunday Boston Globe. He wrote, based on my conversations, I don't think it's 100% that Belichick finishes out the season. Basically saying that uh, if the Patriots fall to 2-8 and eight here in Germany, they lose to the Colts. Volan uh, writes, I think there's a chance the Crafts could make the move in the bye week and install Gerard Mayo as the interim coach for the final seven games. He also wrote, Jordy, that he that the Patriots' home run hire, quote-unquote, is Mike Vrabel, which would require a trade, and that the dream scenario for 2024 would be Vrabel as the head coach, flanked by 
Gerard Mayo as the defensive coordinator and Josh McDaniels coming back to the team as offensive coordinator. So that is, um, that's amazing. We also have the viral video of Kraft talking to his son, Jonathan, and people lip reading and saying, you know, most people thinking he said, we're just not good enough, quote unquote. So the Kraft's being, you know, not happy up in the booth and all this. What's your take on the Ben Volan stuff and Belichick potentially being his seat being so hot that he could be fired during the bye week if they lose in Germany? Do you think you you think any credence there? What's, what's your gut tell you? I mean, it's certainly a dream a dream scenario, right? I mean, you would have Mike Rabel there, obviously Gerard Mayo as defensive coordinator, and then Josh McDaniels making his epic return to New England. But, Ron, I'm not living in dreamland these days. You know, I, I was living in yeah, dreamland. You're, you're home from Vegas, Vegas now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was living in dreamland out in Vegas until reality slapped me in the face for that Washington Commanders pick of the Patriots to win that game. But, you know, now that I'm back in reality right now, Ron, I just I don't see it happening. And for a multitude of reasons. And, you know, one of the reasons is how are we even sure Gerard Mayo would want to stick around as a defensive coordinator when he seems to be the chosen one to get the head coaching job? I'd be feeling some sort of way if the team went out and they got Mike Vrabel after I turned down an interview to be a defensive coordinator and turned down an interview to be a head coach just to see another guy get the job in front of me. I'd be feeling some sort of way. I don't, I don't know about Gerard Mayo. He might be different, but that would be my, my take on the situation. I could see Josh McDaniels coming back to new England because Josh McDaniels always comes back to new England and they always welcome him back to new England. So that, that would be great. But another thing is too, with this report, this report on Belichick potentially getting fired this week, That makes no sense to me because how disrespectful, as bad as Bill Belichick has been, and it's been very bad, how disrespectful would it be to fire this man, the man that has helped engineer the greatest franchise in NFL history, the greatest dynasty in all of sports? You're going to fire this man midseason and not give him the respect of letting him finish this thing out going out on his shield, and going out with some dignity. I can't see the Crafts doing that. It's just, that would be just complete disrespect. And another thing is, too, you might put yourself in a situation where if you disrespect Belichick, would he even want to come back for a Hall of Fame induction down the line that we know is coming? You know, Tommy Curran had brought it up. If the team names the stadium after him, or if they name a statue or something, whatever, after Bill Belichick, would he come back? I wouldn't. If you disrespect me like that after I help lead you guys to, to six Super Bowls. So it's just the disrespect and just the situation, the circumstances. I just I don't see them doing that. And if they did do it, Ron, you know, how would it be? How would it be even any better than it is right now? You know, you're going to put in a lame duck coach to kind of kind of sit in there and watch this ship crumble as it's going to do anyway. Why not just leave Bill Belichick here? Show him the respect. Let him go out on the shield. Lose whatever games they're going to lose on the rest of the way out, and then make a decision at the end of the season. Now, I get it from a, I get it from an executive standpoint. It's a good choice because you make the Patriots probably worse without their head coach. Right? They'll probably sink even further. Now, if a coach stepped in there and they started winning football games, that'd say a whole lot more about Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. But you, but but you'd probably see the team get even worse and lose more football games. So it just. It doesn't make sense on, 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 on any standard to get rid of Bill Belichick right now. You're just going to be creating more drama than needs to be created. I agree 100%. 
I agree hundred percent. I don't think the crafts would ever do that. I think because the Patriots are a huge corporation, right? And they're trying to sell their team out in Germany this week. That's part of the reasons they're out there, right? Uh, Bill Belichick's a corporation too. These are two huge entities in, in the NFL and beyond, right? They're just two mega corporations, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And it's not going to end in the middle of the season. It's just not. It's going to be something. I, I mean, I do, I'm at the point now, Jordy, where I'm expecting it to be this offseason, right? I'm expecting something to happen this offseason, yeah. some type of amicable breakup between the two sides. It's not going to be Belichick resigning. It would never be him resigning. I don't think he'd ever resign. It's not going to be them firing him. It's going to be the Crafts probably sitting him down and being like, all right, Bill, we're, we want to move on, but let's do it together and let's make this amicable and let's make it look good and let's figure this out and let's figure out the money, the co- whatever the contract is. Let's figure that out. Let's figure out, you know, do you want to keep coaching? Okay, we'll either we'll allow you to do that or we'll whatever. You know what I mean? Like that, there will be some type of meeting of the minds between these two major corporations it ain't going to happen on the flight home from Germany. I, I just think that's, it's just not realistic, right? Based on the history, the guy's been here for 23 years. You don't just fire that guy um, like that, do him dirty. I, I totally get it. I totally get it, Jordy. I, I agree with 100% with what you're saying. Uh, the whole run hire, Mike Vrabel, again, what are we trading for Vrabel? And the Tennessee is going to give up their head coach. That's just, that's just an odd one. I love Mike Vrabel, but I, I would rather have... It's the same reserve. I'd have the same reservations with Ravel as I do with Draw Mayo. I just, I want an offensive minded coach. So uh, we've done the defensive thing for 23 years. Can we get someone who can, I don't know, build our offense up? Uh, maybe. And Josh McDaniels, I mean, you, you see this thing continue to flame out without Tom Brady and other organizations. It's like, do we really want him running? Do we really want Josh back? Do we really want to keep doing this thing? It's like this like vicious circle of McDaniels leaving, getting fired, and coming back. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if that's no. my yeah. I don't know if that's my dream scenario. You had a dream hire for head coach, Jordy. If it's not Belichick in twenty twenty four, why don't you give that to the people before we move on to uh, this game against the Colts? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a definite no there on Josh McDaniels. I mean, look, the guy a, th- a third head coaching opportunity there when most don't even get one. I'm sorry, he's a great offensive coordinator, great offensive mind, but not a head coach. I'm with you. My dream scenario would be a Kyle Shanahan. That would be incredible to to be able to go and get the San Francisco 49ers coach because I feel like that's a coach that can get stuff right in New England. Obviously, he turned San Francisco around, and look at them. That, that team's a perennial contender. Team's really talented. They're good every year. But, you know, they obviously they they kind of they kind of get there. They tease the promised land a little bit. They'll sniff the promised land. They still come away with empty bellies every year for some strange reason. And then they messed up on the Trey Lance the Trey Lance um, acquisition in the draft there, using a number three overall pick in Brutal. 2021. Yeah. yeah, getting that guy, and now he's playing in Dallas right now. So, you know, people are starting to side-eye Kyle Shanahan a little bit there in San Francisco, and that's fine. Side-eye side, side eye the hell out of him, and let's get him in New England. And that's a, that's a head coach. I'm with you, Ron. I want to see them go more on the offensive side of the ball. I don't want to see another extension of Bill Belichick. And I love Gerard Mayo, so it kind of hurts me to be saying this because I don't want to talk him out of a head coaching job, but at the same time, I'm trying to talk him out of a head coaching job. Like, I want to see an offensive-minded guy come into New England and fix this. You know, we've we've done it the defensive way. It's not working anymore. 
You don't have Tom Brady as your quarterback. Now, unless the Patriots are going to somehow miraculously get them a Josh Allen or, or a Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Caleb Williams comes over and he's that guy, then they can go back to whatever they were doing. But if that's not happening and you're not sure if that's happening, you need to get an offensive coach in here to fix things. And Kyle Shanahan would be a guy that I have no doubt in my mind that could get things right here in New England. Yeah, that kind of guy. I agree. That kind of guy. Um, that, that's that's what I would root for. Kyle Shanahan's probably he's kind of a dream, right? He is a dream scenario. That's a good way to put it because it's not likely. But if he did, if he was cut loose for some reason, um, I, I would like that. I I just think we've gone through the situation where we see it all the time. You got the defensive minded head coaches like Sean McDermott in Buffalo, who's going through it right now, where. Buffalo fans are just out on Ken Dorsey. The offense is struggling. They're struggling on offense ever since Brian Dayball left for the Giants. And it's just like that whole situation. It's like when you have the defensive-minded coach, you're always chasing that offensive coordinator who can be just take care of that side of the ball for you. But the problem is whenever you have a really good offensive coordinator and your offense clicks, that guy ends up a head coach. (laughs) So then you have to recycle. When you just have the offensive guy anyway, uh, you know, you're you're more likely to be able to hold on to your really good defensive coordinators and defensive staff and keep that piece together. I think the Broncos are a really good um, example of that, like Vic Fangio to uh, Ijiro Ivaro, and now even Vance Joseph has th- has things turns around. They they've had a different defensive coordinator for years, but they're keeping that ship hold the, held together on defense. It's I think you know there's some precedent out there for holding on to your defensive coordinator a little bit longer than your offensive coordinator. I just want an offensive coach. We've done this long enough. Love Mike Vrabel, love Gerard Mayo. I'd rather have an offensive guy like like a Kyle Shanahan type. So there's all that. Uh, we have a game to talk about, Jordy. We do uh, a couple of below. Are the Colts below five hundred? Are, are they below five hundred too? They are. They okay. are four and five. Yeah, a couple of below five hundred teams. Uh, a close point spread. Always tough to kind of pick these games in Germany, but we'll do our best here. Coming up next, first, here's some Week Ten fantasy advice from the Huddle.com. Corey Bonini here of TheHuddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number 10. Quarterback Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks versus Washington Commanders. Quarterbacks have posted at least 279 yards and two touchdowns in five of the last six contests against Washington, helping make this matchup 32.3% better than the league average in that time frame. Smith has more or less been a fantasy anchor this year, but he has the weapons to get the job done here if you're in need of a warm body with a plus matchup, given the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Tua Tungavailoa, and Jalen Hurts are all on by. Running back Brian Robinson Jr., Washington Commanders at Seattle Seahawks. Let's take a look at the other side of this matchup. On the ground, running backs have averaged 21.8 attempts, just over 116 rushing yards, and a score per game in the last month against the Seahawks. This matchup is much stronger on the ground for Robinson to exploit than via the aerial game, which is where we'll see Antonio Gibson step up. You can find solid RB2 worth here, and Robinson has a rather sturdy floor based on his workload. Washington is going to look to keep Geno Smith and company off the field, and relying on Robinson is the smartest way to accomplish that. Wide receiver Marquise Brown, Arizona Cardinals versus Atlanta Falcons. Quarterback Kyler Murray returns this week, and he'll look to reconnect with Brown. The Falcons have given up the 10th fewest receptions per game since week 4, but this is the easiest opponent against which to score a touchdown in that time frame. 7 of the 55 grabs, or 1 every 7.9, has found the end zone, and this is the third best matchup for PPR efficiency. Brown is a risk-reward wide receiver 3 with number 2 level upside. Logan Thomas, Washington Commanders at Seattle Seahawks. 
While we typically look to diversify the players and matchups we choose, it's just hard to get away from this one. There's so many angles where fantasy owners can take advantage, especially with so many quality players on by this week. Despite maintaining a consistently valid target share, Thomas has produced erratic results and has a rather low ceiling, especially without finding the end zone. He's a weak flyer for a score, but the volume data against Seattle suggests that he could be a favorable play with a reception-heavy showing in PPR scoring. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. I think I, as I heard you say, Jordy, yay, we're playing in Germany this week. Can't wait. Uh, well, it's it's almost going to feel like you're in Vegas again, right? Because it's going to be the early morning kickoff. So there's that. I mean, you got to cover the game. At least it was at, what, 10 o'clock in the morning, Vegas time last week. Yeah, yeah. I was in and out. You know, I got to wake <laughs> up, get my coverage done with, and I got to go out and enjoy my enjoy my evening a lot more. So, so yeah, yeah, that was definitely a good thing. So I'm I'm really excited that this game is going to be on and over with and i can just completely forget about it afterwards and just enjoy my day not yeah. let it ruin it the best part about vegas in during the nfl season is those games kicking off at 10 a.m it is just awesome it's awesome i love that you don't have to wait you wake up in the morning and it's heaven um so anyway <laughs> yeah you got me wanting to go to vegas i think i'm going to be planning a trip jordy right when we get off of here i'm so jealous uh the let's pay- go again let's go let's, let's go I'm, I'm coming with you next year how about that the Let's line is, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll do the show from there. It'll be fine. The The line is one and a half. The Pats are the dogs here. There's some reasons that I hate the Patriots in the matchup, Jordy. And I, I just think it comes down to as simple as this. The Colts can score a lot of points. The Patriots can't, right? That's just what it comes down to. The Colts move the football and score points. And they're kind of a plucky little team. So there's a couple of stats that I, I just pulled for this, like Indy, Eighth in points per play this year. The Pats are second to last, only ahead of the Giants. Touchdowns per game. You can't imagine the Pats are good in that one, right? (laughs) Touchdowns per game. Indy, seventh in the league. Pats tie for 27th with the Falcons. So not too bad, Pats. There you go. Uh, Yards per point, which I think is kind of a fun one. It kind of tells you how explosive your team is, how many yards you're getting per point you score. Indy, second in the league. Pats, 31st. So, I mean, it makes sense, right? These stats, like the Patriots struggle to score points. We've seen it all season long. The Colts do not. Even with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, I think they're going to be able to score enough points to make this really hard for the Patriots in Germany. So I, it feels, this one feels like an easy one to me. I don't, I know the point spread is really close and there's some uncertainty when you're overseas and which, which team handles that the best. That's always going to factor into this. The travel, the weird playing time, getting acclimated, all that, that all factors in here. But I think just on the field, competitive-wise, the, Patri- the Colts are the, are the better team, uh, have more to play for right now. Uh, and they're not going to be just grumbling about their old, possibly lame duck coach here on the 10-hour flight to Frankfurt, right? So I just like, I kind of want to pick the Colts here comfortably. That's where my gut is. That's where my heart is, unfortunately. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. So I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and argue stats with you. I can't do that. Not with this Patriots team. It's just they are what they are. Yeah, they've been an embarrassment from the start, Ron. And it's just, you know, going overseas. I don't I don't know what Patriots team we're going to see. All I can say is I'm sticking with what I've what from what I've said throughout this whole season. I feel like this Patriots team, they're going to win stupid games that they have no business winning. And at this point, I'm cool with them taking the entire way. But you have Bill Belichick as head coach. He's not going to lie down. And obviously, he's going to still continue to coach his team up. And he's going to try to win as many games as he can possibly win. And this Colts team is a team that I think the Patriots can beat. 
This is one of the more winnable games on their schedule. Basically the same way I felt about the Commanders, and I still feel that way. That's a team the Patriots can beat. They just they didn't do it. They lost that game. And it could potentially happen this week as well. But I'm going to take the Patriots reluctantly. I'm not confident. Do not do not <laughs> bet for me saying this. But I'm taking the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots to win this game here. I think this is a team that they that they have a chance to beat. You know, you're right, Ryan. They can the Colts can put up a ton of points. But you know what? The Colts also on defense they give up a ton of points. You yep. know, yep. this is a team. This is a team that's averaging 30 points per game in their last three appearances on the field. So I can see Mac Jones and company finding a little bit more success on offense. We got to see Hunter Henry come alive finally again. You know, getting his first touchdown there and I think, what, six games? I mean, come on. Hunter Henry, who was a reliable target for Mac Jones, he's making plays out there. We can only hope Trent Brown to be healthy for this game. I don't know. You know, he was pretty banged up after that loss to the Miami Dolphins. So if you get him on the offensive line, maybe those guys are a little bit more sturdy and they can hold up a bit more. But I'm going with the Patriots in this game. Obviously, I'm not very confident in that pick. But this is just this is one of those stupid wins that I feel like the Patriots are going to get. And, that'll probably make Patriots fans mad because right now they're sitting with the number five overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft, and we don't want to see that number dip, but it might after this week. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's it's special when your team has hit rock bottom multiple times in a season, but we the last time we thought it was rock bottom was after the Vegas game, right? You got smoked by Dallas, yeah. smoked by the Saints at home. Then you go to Vegas, you lose to McDaniels and Brian Hoyer. <laughs> so that was rock bottom, and then what happened? They came back and beat the Buffalo Bills, so... I could totally see it. Um, I get your point that the Colts uh, let up a lot of points. So did the commanders, Jordy, and the Patriots managed 17 freaking points. So I just, even against bad defenses, I just don't feel confident about the Patriots, but I totally hear what you're saying. If the Patriots do lose this game, right? So if, if it falls that way, I don't think a three-win season is out of the question at all for this team, right? They have the Giants, uh, and that one's coming up next. Is that right before the bye week? Um, I think it's Giants and bye, if I have that right. I think, or is the bye week 11? No, the bye is week 11. Then they have the Giants. Yeah. Yep, they have the Giants. Uh, the Giants don't even have a quarterback right now. The Patriots could probably just back, you know, kind of moonwalk into a win there, unfortunately, backtrack into it. What am I trying to say there? They could easily beat the Giants. After that, Chargers, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, Jets to close out the year. I mean, this thing, if they lose to the Colts, this thing could easily go off the rails, Jordy. And I could see them finishing with three, maybe four wins max. And that's what we're talking about. It's crazy. It's crazy that we're at this spot. Yeah, it really is. But, uh, you know, and here's the crazy, here's the crazier thing. I was looking at this recent stretch that the Patriots are on is a winnable slate, some winnable slate of games here. You know, you make you make some good points about the Giants. Obviously, that that's a game the Patriots could obviously come away with. Should have beat the Commanders. They can beat the Colts. And you know the Chargers, Ryan. Yeah, they're a good football team, but they've kind of been up and down too. You know, they're they're, they're one of those teams that are a little shaky that I could see getting upset at times. And then obviously the Steelers. You know, you always kind of wonder what's going to happen offensively for that team, even though they, in my opinion, have overperformed this year. But then you run into like the Chiefs. Patriots are getting blown off the map in that game at Gillette Stadium. That's not going to be a fun one. Then you got the Broncos. Another game the Patriots could potentially win. Probably lose against the Bills, and they always beat the Jets. So this was a this was a slate of games where I felt like the Patriots could sneakily maybe come away with more wins than than you know we we might have thought from earlier in the season. 
Um, you could be right, Rob. Maybe they just win three games, but I'm more of the I'm more of the mindset that this team is going to win more games than we want them to. Um, I hope they lose out, though. I hope I'm completely wrong, but there are still a lot of opportunities for the Patriots to come away looking better than what they really are. And what they really are, in my opinion, is one of the worst teams in football right now. Can you believe that? No, it's hard to believe, but you're 100% right. So we're watching out for the Patriots to get some stupid wins here in the second half of the season. You heard it here on the Patriots Wire from Jordy. I love it. Uh, Jordy, you writing any uh, you know first-person articles about your Vegas trip or, or anything for Patriots Wire special going into this? Any special articles about Germany, German culture, German Germany in the NFL? I don't know. What, what are you guys working <laughs> on for Patriots Wire leading up to this game in Germany? So I was actually born in Germany, fun fact. Oh, my so, gosh. Well, well, that's a story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my dad, my dad was in the military, so I'm a, I'm a military brat. So I'm a little, I'm a little excited about this game. I was born in yeah. Würzburg, Germany, yeah, and this game's obviously in Frankfurt. So you know, I'm a, I'm a little excited about it. I'll be even more excited if the Patriots go over there and they and they get the win. Even though, look, man, I say I keep saying that I want them to tank the whole way, but Ryan, seeing them beat the Buffalo Bills, like that was that was one of the high moments of the season. So oh, like, sweet. still seeing them win football games makes me happy. Even though I want them to tank, it's weird. It's it's weird being a Patriots guy in this day and age right it now. Is. But 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 yeah, you know, it's we're we're sort of at the midway point of the season. So people reading the site look forward to a lot of midway rewards and awards. And you know, we'll be talking about what what rookies have performed the best. We're getting to that point now where we're kind of we're kind of taking that rear view that, that rear view look at, at what's happened. The and then we'll look a little right? bit the superlatives, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're getting to that point of the season now, and you know that that's a little fun, considering considering the product is currently being put on the field right now. So maybe maybe some revisionist history can can get us a little excited before this this great offensive display of performances is to come from the Colts and the Patriots on Sunday. Well, there it is. There's Jordy McElroy. Check his stuff out on the Patriots Wire pregame, postgame, all that. Um, I'm sure you know all about it if you listen to the Patriots Wire podcast, but just want to do the shameless plug for Jordy. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks, as always, for joining us on the show. We'll be back next week to break down Pats, Colts, and Germany. Looking forward to it. We will catch you then. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.